Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Raising His Kids. Today, Lauren and I are talking about focusing on our relationships and dating our spouses while in a blended family. But before we get into that, I wanted to remind everyone that if they wanted to support us, it doesn't cost them anything and all they need to do is leave us a written review wherever they like to listen and it can help support us and spread our reach. Okay, so um, I just wanted to share a little bit that I found on helpguide.org about blended family relationships, which is while newly remarried couples without children can use their first months together to build their relationships, couples in a blended family are often consumed with their kids rather than each other. But focusing on building strong marital bond will ultimately benefit everyone, including the children. If kids see love, respect, and open communication between you and your spouse, they will feel more secure and more likely to model those qualities. And I thought that was a really good point about mm-hmm. like the top part of it that said like other couples get the chance to focus on each other and blended mm-hmm. families never get that cho- that chance because even when you're dating, you still have to focus on the kids. Absolutely. Like we would make our kid free weekends be just about us. And even when my husband and I were dating and he started having sleepovers, he would actually come over after Big K fell asleep and he'd leave before Big K woke up in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah, just because we wanted to, you know, tread carefully for the kids. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's probably a a good way to do it uh, rather than them see you doing sleepovers right away. Yeah, exactly. And I was just lucky that, you know, he had to be up up early for work every day But there were a couple of times where I'd wake up and Big K had obviously had a nightmare and he would have snuck into my bed and I didn't realize. And then he'd wait, like he knew who my husband was at the time, but then he wasn't aware that we were having sleepovers while he was asleep. And he'd wake up and he'd be like, oh, where where did he go? He was there in the middle of the night. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's funny. I didn't even think about that. You have to just convince him it was a dream. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So funny. That is really funny. And then um, another bit, this was like in a separate article. Uh, that's why I didn't put them together. But the tips was to present a united parenting approach to the children because arguing or disagreeing in front of them may encourage them to try to come between you. But I feel like that is the same for nuclear families as well. Like parents always need to have a united front, especially mm-hmm. like in, in a blended family, if it's you and your partner, if bio mom mm-hmm. can get on board too, that's great. But you have to focus on like you too. Yeah, yeah have to focus on what's happening inside your house which comes like I've written more notes further down that I want to talk about with all that as well as some tips on behalf of both of us that I came up with to kind of help people that feel a little lost of where to start you know and I've said it once before you know my husband and I prioritize our marriage the kids are a priority but our marriage is number one priority but not at the expense of our children exactly and I feel like you've mentioned that before on the podcast also but it's so important to say yeah because some people feel like oh you're prioritizing your marriage so you're neglecting the kids no I'm not neglecting the kids but at the end of the day they're gonna grow up they're gonna move out and at the end of the day I'm only gonna have my marriage exactly I've already had one failed relationship well if you talk about all my other relationships they've all been (laughs) failed too obviously but the key one that started me off being in a blended family you know I've already had one my husband's already had one we don't want that to be end game and that's where it comes into prioritizing your marriage and dating your spouse and doing all the things to make sure that you don't end up as statistic exactly that is such a good point um i know like there is a statistic that's like i want to say it's like 67 percent of second marriages fail and i feel like it's because well at least partially because you just don't have the time to focus on each other unless you're like very intentional about it and that's hard to do sometimes Absolutely. So you've just segued us to the next bit of the notes that I wrote down, which was the success or failure of second marriages can vary widely depending on various factors, including the individuals involved, their circumstances, and their approach to marriage. While there is no fixed percentage for the failure of second marriages, divorce rates for second marriages tend to be higher than those for first marriages. So from my research on divorce rates, and I looked up the US and Australia. I've got some general insights. So the overall divorce rate in the United States 
for all marriages has been estimated to be around 40 to 50%. Keep in mind that this includes both first and subsequent marriages. In Australia, the overall divorce rate had been declining from its peak in the 1980s and 1990s. In recent years leading up to 2021, the divorce rate was estimated to be around two divorces per 1,000 people in the population. I don't know if that's just because more Australians are not getting married. Yeah, that's probably very true. I know um, I've seen articles about like people in general our age are just not getting married anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I put off marrying Big K's dad because I just knew it was something that I didn't want to do. And even when my husband and I got together, the intention was that we were never going to get married. It changed for him when I was pregnant with Miss K because he thought it was important for her and I to have the same surname and he didn't want to hyphenate it. Yeah, I agree with that too. That's pretty much the only reason I changed my name when I got married. <laughs> like, but to me, it didn't, it didn't bother me because I already have one child with a different surname. So it really didn't bother me if I had a second. And if we all travel as a family together, we still have that one child that doesn't have the same surname. That's true. I didn't even think about that with you guys. It's just Big K, right? Yeah, it's just Big yeah. K. And, you know, he's always said at times where he feels left out and he wants to change his name. But even my husband's like, you know, that's your dad's name. How How is your dad going to feel if you change his name? Whereas I always tell him that like when he's 18, if he wants to, he can add my last name. Yeah. But I always put it back on when you're an adult, when you're 18 and you're legally able to make that decision, then you make that decision. I'm not doing that for you now. Yeah, I agree with that too. And when he's 18, he he shouldn't be worried about how his dad's going to feel anyway, because how present his dad is will probably play a part into whether or not he decides to change it. Exactly. And that's another reason why neither of us are encouraging it now, because, you know, there's there's time, you know, time can change a whole situation, right? Right. If, if we push to do it now because it's what an eight-year-old saying, Big K might also resent us when he, in 10 years' time, thinking that we forced him to do it or we shouldn't have allowed him to do it. It's like, no, let's wait. When you're 18, you can make that decision and you can make that choice. Right, exactly. Not to mention, like, the legalities of it, at least here, um, you probably wouldn't be able to without his dad signing off and his dad probably wouldn't sign off. Exactly. His dad wouldn't sign off on it anyway, but it's also just not something that it's not a, I'm trying to think of the metaphor, can of worms that I want to open. Yeah, for sure. So while I couldn't find specific statistics for second marriages in Australia, it's a common trend in many countries, including the United States, that second marriages have higher divorce rates than first marriages. Factors influencing second marriage success are similar to those mentioned earlier, such as the presence of stepchildren and previous divorce experience. Studies have suggested that second marriages have a higher divorce rate than first marriages, with estimates in the United States ranging from 60 to 67%. However, it's essential to note that divorce rates can vary by factors such as age, previous divorce experience, and socioeconomic status. That's a lot of information. (laughs) It is. But I think that also comes back to, like, when it's talking about socioeconomic status, it's like there's also people in lower demographics that aren't getting married because they simply can't afford a wedding. Yes, that is so true. Even, like, it takes a lot to throw, like, a big wedding. Even if it's just, like, not, like, extravagant, even if it's just, like, your family, it's still expensive. Our wedding cost three and a half grand and we had no guests. Oh, my God. Seriously? We had no guess. It was three and a half grand. That was to get married at our registry office. We, my dress, my husband already had a suit. It was one of his old work suits that he chose to wear. Our rings, photographer, and the most expensive thing, which was our weekend in Noosa, which is like a small coastal town on the Sunshine Coast, north of Brisbane. And that was the most expensive part for the entire weekend. But yeah, our whole wedding, including our little three-day honeymoon, was three and a half grand. Okay, well, if you include the honeymoon in there, that's not too bad. But that's still a lot of money. Ours is like six grand, I want to say, and we did have a guest. Um, yeah. But that doesn't include the honeymoon at all. Yeah. So, but we, I don't regret a single thing about doing it that way. But anyway, we're not talking about our marriages. Yeah. We're talking about, <laughs> sorry, we're talking about our marriages, not our weddings. Not our weddings, right. <laughs> so I just wrote a few other notes. So factors influencing success. The success of a second marriage depends on various factors, which we've already mentioned, including the reasons for the first marriages and the quality of the relationship, communication skills, conflict resolution abilities, and the willingness of both partners to work on the relationship. 
That is cru- that is crucial that both partners need to be willing to put the work in. Absolutely. And then the other factors are children and blended families, which that's why we are all here, right? The presence of children from previous marriages can add complexity to second marriages. Blended families require effective co-parenting and relationship building skills to succeed. And this is where I think a lot of our listeners struggle and probably you and I too, especially because we come from a background of high conflict situations, is the fact that the co-parenting dynamic is broken. That adds strain on our marriages whether we like it or not. For sure. It absolutely does. Because I mean, even if you're not part of directly the conflict, you're still like feeling the results of that. And that still is coming between you and your partner. Absolutely. Like every time Karen wants to say, like she starts calling and my husband's like, I'm not answering because it's not an emergency. And she's like, call me when, call me when you're available. And he ignores it. And then it just, it like blows up. And then he tells me he's not calling her. And I'm like, and then he tells me that he spoke to her. And I'm like, but hang on. I thought you said you weren't answering her calls. So it's like, what is it? Right? Like, and that causes tension. It does. And it's just, it's a whole thing. Or yeah. So it's, especially in a twice blended family, I think someone in your situation is sort of blessed because you don't have the added complexity of being twice blended. I also feel like on the other hand, though, is that because I didn't come into our relationship with kids, it's easier for me to feel resentful. Be like, I don't have to like all of this drama comes from your past, not mine. Where it's like if you're twice blended, it's like, oh, OK, well, we both have like this drama that we're bringing into it. Um, And I struggled with like resentment a lot in the beginning because I was like, all of this is because of like your past or whatever. And I had nothing to compare it to like it was like we don't deal with any drama in my life and like I don't bring any drama at all to the table so it was like really hard for me at first especially because in the beginning of our relationship um Karen was the absolute worst that she's ever been Mm -hmm. but anyway yeah so I feel like there are complexities that come with both like no matter how you're blended no matter who comes with what there's always going to be complexities and you can't compare like any two journeys which I actually made a post about yesterday yeah you can't and it's easy for me to sit here and say I think your situation's easier but then there'll be something that's in my situation where you go well it's easier because you both have that equal understanding right uh yeah I spent a lot of time being like this would be so much easier if I came to the relationship with a kid or a previous marriage like I spent a lot of time thinking that and then when me and you got close is when I was like okay well maybe it's not it wouldn't be as easy (laughs) you're like maybe not maybe I don't want to wish that upon myself (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there are definitely complexities, no matter how you're blended for sure, but it's easier to see, like, think that other people have it easier. Absolutely. Which brings me to my next point is preparation and counseling, right? So seeking premarital counseling or coaching or anything like that and addressing any unresolved issues from the previous marriage, because you don't want what was an issue in your past relationships to come into your marriage, right? And that's for anyone who hasn't even been married, any past relationship, you want to move on to the next relationship, you want to have those unresolved issues dealt with, right? So if you're dealing with them, it can significantly improve the chances of a successful second marriage. It's important to remember that while statistics can provide a general idea, they don't predict the outcome of any individual marriage. The success of a second marriage, like Any marriage depends on the commitment and the effort put into it by both partners. Many second marriages thrive and provide loving, stable environments for families. And I guess that's where we can talk about our own personal stories and what we do to focus on our relationships. Definitely. I do like the point that it says not to focus on the statistic because that was something that um, when I was like struggling with infertility, that like the statistics mm-hmm. always like really stuck out to me and they made it like worse. It was like harder because I'm like, oh, well, these are the statistics. So do not focus on the statistics because you never know like where they really come from. Exactly. And if you're focusing on that, you're not focusing on what you need to be focusing on, which is your marriage. Exactly. That is exactly right. So we've never hired a babysitter, but we have relied a lot on our kid-free weekends, which I touched on before. At times we are lucky enough to live close enough to my family. So either my parents or my brother and my sister-in-law will watch the kids for us if we have something 
plan, especially if we've paid to do something. And shout out to my brother and my sister-in-law who, when we had tickets for Chris Rock and my parents were meant to babysit the four kids, my dad decided to pack up in his caravan and go away. And mom's like, oh, sorry, not going to be here. So at last minute, my brother and my sister-in-law took all four kids and they also had their three kids and it was overnight. So it was like from like mid-afternoon to like mid-morning the next day. Oh my God. (laughs) So they had seven kids, two toddlers. They had little Jay. (laughs) He's a handful on his own. So um, we're we're lucky um, that they'll do that. And But I also want to touch on the fact that after having Miss K, it was through COVID. So we really couldn't go anywhere after we had her and we didn't really want her going to be with anyone because she didn't know anyone. You know, we had so many lockdowns, so she didn't know who my parents were. She didn't know who my husband's parents were. She didn't know my siblings. So we made the most of our kid-free weekends and doing date nights at home and with, you know, beer, pizza and watching a footy game or, you know, wine, Thai food, watching a movie. Sometimes we'd light candles just to, you know, add a little bit of mood to it. And it is getting a little harder now that she's getting older, but the priority of our marriage still remains the same. Like that that's our number one priority. So we just need to work a little bit harder. And, you know, with me returning to work, it's going to make things even harder and more of a reason because I'm going to have less time at home. And the time that I have at home is going to be doing housework and other things. So it's more of a reason that we need to blank out that time for dates. I love that you guys still were doing the like date nights, even through COVID when you had nowhere to put the baby, right? Because we have been trying to do that also because we don't really have a support system here. Um, so we really don't have anyone to that I trust to take the baby. My in-laws are here, but they're very uncomfortable with a baby. And I don't blame them. If I was retired, I would not want to be taking care of someone else's baby either. So um, we don't have much of a support system. So we don't really get too much time with just us. So we've been trying to do that also where like we put her to bed and then we like sit down to eat dinner together and like have a conversation Mm -hmm. without the tv on and stuff like that so um i love that you guys were able to make that work too but yeah also love that you're not afraid to hire a babysitter well we we haven't actually paid someone oh yeah you're not afraid to leave somebody (laughs) yeah but you know with me going back to work we've actually thought about hiring a nanny because i don't know if daycare is gonna work yeah i would rather a nanny personally but that's just coming from someone who has a three-month-old baby and not ready to send her to daycare yet well like i don't know we it's it's a complicated situation and it's something i'll talk about with you off this because the listeners probably don't want to hear about it but (laughs) i just yeah we're, we're considering a nanny because i think i'm more comfortable with that I don't know, but we've never paid a babysitter. Like we're lucky we've had family around, but going back to what you and your husband are doing is even change it up when you're doing dinner, light a candle, like oh, yeah. set, set the mood. So it's not just dinner. Like all of a sudden it's romantic lighting that little, st- or put mood music on or whatever, or even if it is just cuddling on the TV with a glass of wine, watching a movie together, that, that connection is important. I totally agree. And like at first we pretty much like stopped doing all that stuff all together because we had no idea what we were doing and taking care of her. And then there was a point where we were like, we haven't connected at all in like a month. So we need to figure mm-hmm. that out. So then we started doing it, but it's hard, especially if you got have a baby who needs constant attention. I'm sure it gets harder as you have a toddler too. Oh, absolutely. But we still would make the most of our kid-free weekends. When I say kid-free weekends, it's where we don't have the boys. Right. You know, and I did a poll a couple of uh, weeks ago on my page going, is it still a kid free weekend if we have an ours baby? And everyone said yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you're not going to get a kid free weekend from all of them. So, exactly. But it just, it's like a different kind of chaos. Like it's chaos at its highest level when all the kids are there. And then when it's just your ours baby, it's less chaotic, but we'll still go out for dinner. We'll still go to a nice restaurant. Even if we have her, we just dress her up. We stick her in a high chair, give her our phone. Oh yeah. She watches TV on the phone while she eats her chicken nuggets or her chips. Cause you know, she's three. So, you know, she eats half a chicken nugget and goes, I'm done. (laughs) Um, But that's how we get our connection. You know, I'll dress up, I'll put makeup on, I'll put a dress on. I'll sometimes wear heels. Although I recently got rid of all my heels, but 
I just couldn't walk in them anymore. <laughs> I know. I'm tired of wearing heels also. I I was pregnant, but when my sister got married, I was like, I'm never wearing heels again. I'm done with this. When, when I went for my job interview the other week, oh, this week, sorry, it hasn't even been that long. I um, I was like, I got rid of all my heels. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and I like found a pair of like wedged business shoes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got these. They're the most uncomfortable things. And I, I couldn't wait to take them off. I bet. I hate wedges. I don't understand why people prefer them. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, just you've got to make the time. And I get, I talk about that again in my little list of tips that I what other things did you and your husband do before Miss A came along? Before she came along, it was relatively easy because we have my stepson four to five nights every 14 days. So mm-hmm. we still have like 10 days that are kid free. So before we had her to focus on, it was like relatively easy because every other weekend we always had a date whenever we didn't have him. So it was pretty easy then. But with her, it got a little bit more difficult. I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before that my parents' marriage kind of like fell apart because they were focusing only on us and not on each other. And that is always in the back of my mind that that's something that I never want to happen. So I've always made it like a really like prominent point to always connect with like my partner, no matter what. So even if we were like fighting or he he's gone out of town for like work stuff, I've gone on a couple of trips uh, without him. And even when we're not together, we always make a time to connect somehow for like Mm -hmm. at least a little bit. And I just think it's so important to just focus on each other, no matter what the circumstances are. Absolutely. Like even when my husband would be on work trips or even when I was working and I'd be on work trips, we'd have like dirty date nights. And when I say dirty date nights, I'll leave it up to your imagination what used to happen (laughs) via text, but you need that connection, right? Yeah. You can't, and your conversations can't always be about the kids. Like lately with the prospect of me going back to work, a lot of the conversations is me telling my husband, I need you to carry the mental load now. Yeah. And he's going, (laughs) I just need you to go back to work and earn money. And it's like, I can do that, but I need you to take up 50% of the mental load. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Today he sent me a message and I'm in the middle of editing the podcast, right? And to me, that's my job, my unpaid job. I'm doing it. And he messages me and I contemplated for a minute not responding. He was at a pediatrician appointment for little Jay and he messaged me. This is the messages. And this is something that he should know was, well, where did little Jay get his blood test? When was the blood test? He's had two blood tests this year at the same location in the estate that we live in. Oh my God. He shouldn't have had to message me that. And I said to him, I said, you need to start carrying the mental load because when I go back to work, I'm not going to be in management. I'm literally going to be a shit kicker. I'm not going to have my phone on me. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. Yes, yes. And he's just like, oh, I'll wing it. And I said, well, why didn't you wing it today? Why didn't you just guess that it was the pathology in our state? Right. The thing with that, because my husband does this too, and they they couldn't figure out the answer if they thought about it for a minute, Mm -hmm. but it's just easier to send a text. So they just send a text instead. My husband does Mm -hmm. the same thing and it drives me absolutely crazy. And right now we're both working full time. I'm working at home. So I'm also taking care of the baby. And I'm like, you're like, it's not like a situation where I'm a stay at home mom and you're contributing financially. So I shouldn't be carrying this entire mental load when I'm also working a full time job. So don't text me and ask me what kind of formula she eats. Just buy it. Yeah. You know what it looks like. Right. Well, our normal brand was out, but still I was like, you can read, find a comparable. Yeah. Or take a photo before you leave the house. Even better. Take a photo of what it looks like. Take a photo of the ingredients and or go up to someone in the shop and go, this is what she normally has. You don't have it on the <laughs> right. shelf. What, exactly. what can I give her? But it's just easier to send a text. And that's where they need to learn to just like do it themselves. And I don't know what happened in society where men think they're allowed to act that way. It's like we we got into a little bit of a heated discussion this evening because I was saying that. I was like, you know, you can't message me that anymore. If I'm going back to work, it's not my responsibility anymore. And I said, yeah. you know, I know that Big K has some medical appointments coming up 
if I'm in a brand new job, I can't just go, oh, sorry, no, I can't work that my kid has an appointment. You being in the established job need to take sick leave, take him to the appointment and get a medical certificate. And his response was, his father needs to step up. And I looked him dead in the eye and I said, when you married me, when you got in a relationship with me and then chose to marry me, you knew what kind of person his father was. And his father has not taken him to a single appointment yet. And you think that his father's going to take him to a follow-up appointment? Right. no. You're going to have to do it if I'm working. And he just looked yeah. at me and was like, uh, okay. All <laughs> I'm the appointments you've taken his sons to, like, come on. <laughs> exactly. But I think it's just, I think it's also a generational thing for him where the woman does everything. And it's like the woman can do everything. And I've been able to do everything while I'm not working. I'm going back to work, even if it is part-time work. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah. I'm still going back to work. I can't carry the mental load of six people. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, I can't keep on top of Big J's assignments because do you think either of his biological parents know when his assessments are due? It sounds like no. <laughs> no, they don't. I'm constantly having my husband email their mother going, you need to make sure he's doing revision. He needs to go to homework club. He's got an assignment due this week. Make sure he's working on it. And she's oblivious. She doesn't check oh, the emails from the school. My husband doesn't have a clue because I'm the one checking the emails. I, ca- I can't keep carrying the mental load of six people. So, yeah. but maybe maybe that's uh, our next topic is the mental load of stepmothers. I uh, I feel like we could. That's a good one. Let me let me write that down since I forgot. Yeah, write it down. <laughs> I also want to say that you just like made me think of it. Nobody says this is what you signed up for to stepdads. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that only something that is said to step? Well, I just I just took one for the team and said it tonight. <laughs> you did us all a favor. <laughs> exactly. But while you're writing that down, I thought we could get into the listener comments that some of our listeners wrote in about how they focus on their relationships. If you wanted to read them, since I've done most of the talking this episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, now that baby is asleep, I can actually speak. <laughs> back there so the first one is i'm getting a romantic getaway to focus on us and our goals together i love that i love that too this stepmom actually broke up with her boyfriend moved out and they started working on things after she moved out so i love this for her um because a lot of their issues were around the high conflict karen and she even messaged me because i asked her like how things going and she said i even got a thank you message from karen for showing up when one of the kids had to go to hospital i was like that is amazing i love that for you oh my god i can't believe she got that good for her Mm -hmm. i love that they're actually taking time to actually like get away from regular life to go and focus on their relationship and goals too I really hope that pans out for them. Absolutely. Um, And then the next one is we prioritize quality time right after stepson leaves. Yeah. I love that and that's, some, that's something we've always done, the enjoying that kid-free weekend. Right. Yeah. Transition day is always tough for us. I kind of use Sunday as transition day, even though he leaves on Monday, but he leaves so early on Monday that Sunday mm-hmm. is the day that he struggles with. So if he's struggling, we're all struggling. So we're all like completely exhausted by like mm-hmm. Sunday night. So like on Monday night, we always like to do something to like, just like calm ourselves down again after we've dealt with that we've dealt with her and we've dealt with work all day yeah just a random question what is he struggling with is he struggling with the fact he's going back not spending any more time with you guys like I think he just doesn't like being dropped off by one parent and picked up by another so when he goes he also doesn't like to go to school so like every mm-hmm. every Monday is a challenge anyway because it's like the yeah. first day of the week but he doesn't like it when he's dropped off by one parent and picked up by the other so it Monday is always tough when we have him Thursday and Friday it's easier like Friday is significantly easier because he's being dropped off and picked up both by us yeah right so mondays are are just tough yeah that's interesting i've never experienced that really yeah like all the boys are just used to it you know big k only has issues with it when his dad forgets to pick him up so that's why he's that's why he struggles with it because he doesn't know if his dad's gonna show up but i'm sure t is well aware who's picking him up 
Yeah. And we have always done it this way. Like even when he was in daycare, we have always done it where pick up and drop off are done in daycare Mm. or at daycare. So it's all he's ever known. So I don't know. I don't know where the struggle comes from, but he, he just doesn't want to go to school. So maybe he's just like using it as like an excuse, but his first day of school was this week and we had him up until his first day of school. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. The day before the first day of school was an actual nightmare because he did not want to go back, but he's been going to like summer camps all summer. So I don't, I don't understand like where the difference is. Did you want to read the last one of our listener comments? Yes. Um, She said marriage counseling, even when things are good, which I totally agree with. We did that before we got married. Um, Even though everything was good, just to you know, I don't know, make sure that we were going to be able to handle each other for the rest of our lives. And it was Mm -hmm. eye opening for sure. So I definitely agree with that. Even if it's not regular, even if you just go a couple times a year, just go get a third party like view on it, on things. And it, it helps. I, I've never done marriage counseling. I tried to do couples counseling with BK's dad. He wasn't interested. He wasn't interested until the day I packed my shit and I left. Oh, of course. I haven't felt the need to do it in my marriage only because like tonight we had a heated discussion. We took a break from each other. We came back, we made up, we talked things through. I don't know. I just, the conversation flows differently. It's not like we're constantly at each other. We have really big, deep, meaningful conversations often. And if you don't want to seek a professional, those deep, meaningful conversations are important. They are. Yeah. And also like holding yourself accountable is important if you're not going to go to marriage counseling where somebody else could point that out. Mm -hmm. Because something that I like learned about myself in my marriage is that I, um, I jump to conflict, like conflict with my partner, not with everybody, but it's flight. flight, Was it flight, freeze or fawn? It's like your anxiety response, but it's also like a thing you do in conflict, right? Yeah. And I mean, high conflict is all I knew in relate. Like I thought that's what relationships were for Mm -hmm. my entire childhood. So breaking out of that as an adult was really hard. So holding yourself accountable and like noticing that you might be like causing issues that don't need to be caused is huge because when I realized that and I started working on myself it cut our fights down like we never fight absolutely like I did a lot of inner work because when I left Big K's dad I was traumatized right I had PTSD from years of abuse and I had to like unravel that so I was seeing a psychologist and I just came to realize that I was picking men like my dad right which is like it makes sense because that's what you know Exactly. So the toxic relationships is what my parents modeled for me. Right. Exactly. And so I, for so long, like my husband chased me for so long and I was like giving him pushback. Even yeah. when, when we got to, when we, when we were finally together and he's like, move in with me. I was like, no, like right. push back because I thought that I was going to make the same mistakes. Right. For sure. That's what like, I tell my husband all the time. Well, not all the time, but a couple of times that he was not my type. He's like a, a, a good guy from a good house, mm-hmm. good home. <laughs> I was like, my type my husband. is neck tattoos and rap sheets. Those are the type <laughs> of guys I was dating before you. <laughs> exactly. Like, my my husband doesn't have a single tattoo. Mine doesn't either. <laughs> Me, I've got... I've got six tattoos. My husband doesn't have a single tattoo. He is not my type. And I tell him that all the time. Also because of the age gap, he'd be like, if you were in your 20s and I was in my 20s and you saw me in a club, would you come come at me? I was like, no way. (laughs) It's like, why? And I'm like, where's your like ripped denim jeans, your tattoos? Right. (laughs) Exactly. That's what, like, um, my one of the first uh, days I met my husband, uh, he was wearing a polo. And I was, like, not interested because I was like, a polo? Who wears a polo shirt? <laughs> well, see, like, I'd only ever known my husband wearing suits. Oh, right, because you work together. So he was always wearing a three-piece suit, which was, like, just strange that it attracted me to him. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, really? Okay. And so now, like, He'll wear on the weekend, he'll wear a polo shirt. And I'm like, this is my husband. And I'm, 
like complete opposite to what I'd gone for in the Same. past. It's so funny to to like think about it. Like a couple years ago, there was a trend that was like, oh, the guy you thought you would end up with as a teenager versus the guy now. And like, it was like rock and roll people with face tattoos <laughs> and mohawks when I was a teenager. And I'm like, oh, next to my husband now, who's like a golden retriever. <laughs> I am. Um... Speaking of trends, I'm going to make a reel over the weekend, which is the one that's been going around. It's like my husband, when he says, I wish I met you sooner. And it's a picture of him as a teenager and then me as a baby. Oh, that's so funny. I haven't seen that, but that is so funny. I've sent that to my sister when you make that. Oh, it's hilarious. I'll send you some of the ones that I've I've found as well. But yeah, I'm, I need to go through his photo albums and find a picture. The only picture I could find of him young enough that I was like a teenager has his ex-wife in it. And I'm like, oh. do I, do I want to be that person that cuts her out? Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I'd rather find a picture of him as a teenager when he's like, I don't know. 15 and I'm like three right (laughs) that's really funny so but we are running out of time once again so a couple of things to wrap up this episode with was some tips for prioritizing your relationship and spending quality time with your spouse in a blended family it can be challenging but it's crucial for maintaining a strong healthy partnership so number one on the list is open communication so encourage open and honest communication which Laura and I talk about all the time is communicate 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 between you and your spouse discuss your expectations your needs and concerns regarding your relationship your roles in the blended family and how you both can make time for each other yes we talk about it all the time because it's so important it is schedule regular date nights just like any other couple schedule regular date nights this dedicates time together so you can reconnect and remember why you fell in love in the first place consider arranging babysitters or planning dates at home after the kids are asleep Oh, we talked about that. We did. So this is just recapping everything we've spoken about in a simple sum. The next one is quality over quantity. Understand that it's not always about the quantity of time you spend together, but the quality. Make the most of your time by being present, attentive, and engaged when you're with your spouse. Love that. Um, Set boundaries. Establish boundaries with your children, ex-partners, extended family to protect your alone time as a couple. Make it clear that certain times are reserved for you and your spouse. I love that. So important. The next is blend family activities. Involve the entire family in some activities to build connections and make memories. This can help alleviate any potential feelings of neglect from the children and create a sense of unity. And something I didn't write down, this is something we try to do with the boys to increase their bond and to also facilitate that relationship with their sister that they don't get to spend 100% of their time with. Yeah, that's probably uh, huge. That's probably really hard for them. And it's something that you're kind of on that learning curve, especially as Miss A starts to grow and really come into her personality and start playing right you know that that's something important for you to facilitate with t especially as miss a gets bigger and she starts to interact with people more you i know you've said before that you don't really do facetimes when he is in karen's care but you might want to do that to just let her look at her brother and let her brother look at her but at the same time he also has to be interested in doing that because if he's not interested it's going to be a waste of time right yeah that's a good point i mean he he does seem interested in her when he's here so i mean she's impossible to facetime with right now but when she gets a little older that it would definitely be at least worth a try absolutely and the boys love it especially now that miss k talks and i don't know if t has the kids messenger app but we set up miss k with her own kids messenger account and they can play games together when they facetime oh that's cute he just got a tablet so um he just got kids messenger yeah so you could set her up an account and they could talk and play games together that's cute yeah we'll definitely have to do that when she's able Yeah, exactly. The next one is create a shared vision. Work with your spouse to create a shared vision for your blended family. This can help align your goals and priorities, making it easier to allocate time and resources to your relationship. Yeah, perfect. Like, I got nothing to add to that one. (laughs) So now this is plan mini getaways. Occasionally plan short getaways or weekends alone as a couple. This can provide a break from the daily routine and allow for more extended focused time together. This is something my husband and I do rather than buying gifts for each other for birthdays, Christmas, anniversary. We spend the money on a getaway. We try to get away without the kids or at the very least, we still have Miss K, but we try to get her a babysitter if we can. Yeah. And 
And my mum's really good. Normally for our anniversary every year, my mum will watch Miss K because my I, I've spoken about it before, how my mum never had anniversaries celebrated. So she likes to oh. make sure that we're celebrating our anniversary. So she'll always offer to take Miss K because that's also, we got married on a kid-free weekend. We did it without the kids because we wanted, our whole relationship had been about our kids. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to be about our marriage, about us. Exactly. That's why we did our wedding without, well, that's part of the reason why. The other reason was that it was during COVID and it was out of state. Yeah. And she wouldn't have agreed to that. Um, But I think we would have done it without him anyway, just for that reason, just so it could be about us. And we didn't have to worry about like where he was going to spend the night and like all that stuff. Absolutely. And we've always spoken about uh, doing like a recommitment ceremony where Miss K is a little bit bigger and we'll go away on a family holiday somewhere. We'll do a recommitment ceremony just as us as a family. That would be cute. So probably something for like our 10 year or something like that. So but that was always our intent when we got married. That was our plan. We get married without the kids, but we'll do something with them later. We did want to celebrate with them the following weekend with a wedding cake and tell them that we got married. But, you know, Karen ruined that for us. Right. That's so, that sucks. It does. Uh, the next one is use technology wisely if you can't physically be together due to busy schedules or other commitments use technology to stay connected video calls texts or even love notes can keep the emotional connection strong absolutely i've had to do that on several occasions when my husband's traveling for work or i've been traveling for work so it helps Yeah, it does. Support each other. Recognize that both partners have their roles and responsibilities within the blended family. Offer support and encouragement to each other as navigating these complex dynamics can be challenging. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that one, except that it's super important. So It is. I I wrote most of these that we wouldn't have to add much to them. Right. Yeah, you did a good job. Um, Seek professional help. If you're struggling to balance your relationship with the demands of a blended family, consider seeking guidance from a family therapist or counselor. They can provide strategies tailored to your unique situation. Or a coach. I didn't write that. Or a coach. There's plenty of blended family coaches out there. Yeah. Self-care. Don't forget about self-care. Each partner should also take the time to recharge individually. A healthier, happier you can contribute positively to the relationship. That's not really something we talk too much about, but that's a really good point. It is because you can't, you can't fill your partner's cup if your cup isn't full. Exactly. So true. Mm -hmm. Um, Celebrate milestones. Acknowledge and celebrate milestones in your relationship and family life, such as anniversaries, birthdays, or achievements. These moments provide opportunities to reflect on your journey together. Yeah. So you can kind of link that back to like what my husband and I do. We celebrate, but we link it with our mini getaways for two or three nights. Right. You know? Yeah, I love that. I'm not a big gift person, but my husband is like, his love language is gift giving. Oh, okay. So I'm always awkward. I'm that awkward person. Like, oh, you bought me a gift. Thank you. (laughs) I like, I hate having stuff. So I'm like, I don't want you you to buy me any more stuff. So that's what my husband started doing is like experiences instead of like gifts. Absolutely. Like I said to my husband for our anniversary this year, I'd really like to go do like a wine tour. Yes, that would be so fun. We live near some really great wineries. Like we don't even have to go away for the weekend, but I want to do a wine tour just him and I get a babysitter and we go do it. Yes, that would be so, so fun. This year, so, um, I got a baby for my anniversary because she was born like a week before our anniversary. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. Well, you um, have to, in the next few, like, few years, you need to make sure that you're separating the two. Yeah, definitely. Because my birthday, her birthday, and our anniversary are, are all within the same week. And so. you've got T's birthday within a few weeks of that. Yeah, his is two weeks later. Yeah. So you got to make sure you separate it. It can't be the same. It's like, I remember when Big K's dad proposed to me, he proposed to me on my 25th birthday and everyone said to him, like, I hope that's not her only gift. Yeah, really? That's what then, I don't get about like Christmas um, anniversaries. Like, do you celebrate yeah. them together? Are they separated? That's yeah. It's just weird. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> okay, so I just remembered that I was going to read you that stepmom anonymous. Yeah, let's do that. I'll just read it to you quickly. There's not really too much to say about it, so it should it should be okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she said. Uh, so at times. 
Oh, I guess is OH other half. I've never seen that yes. one. Okay. OH is other half. Okay. So at times my other half struggles to want to do things as a family, just the two of us and are now ours baby because we don't have the stepkids. Events don't happen to fall on weekends when they are with us. So we don't attend. I feel like my other half struggles with dad guilt, which is understandable. However, I don't believe it's fair. We should miss out on doing fun things together as a little family, just because there are four other children who are at their other parents' house. I brought this up with my other half, but he still stands by it that it isn't fair that stepkids will miss out. And I wanted to talk to you about that anyway. I feel like this is a good place Mm -hmm. to do it because you're still a family, even like in our case, a family of three or family Mm -hmm. of four. Like we're still a family and your life doesn't stop when he goes to the other house because his life doesn't stop. Like he's still going out and doing fun things. That's something I had to bring up to my husband. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted you to talk about Our that. lives shouldn't stop because the boys go to the other parents. And I experienced this and I feel like I've talked about this with you recently is my husband struggling that I don't want Big K to miss out on experiences because our life is basically stopping when Big and Little J are going to do experiences with their mom, like when they went to the UK mm-hmm. for three and a half weeks. And, you know, we had Big K for two of those weeks and we didn't do anything. Right. Like, but he doesn't why? get that with his dad. Correct. It would be different if he had that with his dad and I'd be like, oh, okay. But he definitely doesn't get it with his dad. But my husband has no problem in having all three boys miss out on things. So Just he's happy. For, yeah. And that's my problem because I think it was one of the last two episodes. I can't remember which one that I said. I'd be happy to bank Big K's child support for over 12 months and take him on an overseas holiday. Heck, I'd even like to do it without Miss K, just Big K and I go do something. Yeah, he would love that. Absolutely. Even if I was just taking him, I don't even have to take him far. If I just spent a weekend either up the Sunshine Coast or down the Gold Coast, or I could take him interstate and experience something, although my anxiety probably wouldn't allow me to do that. But it's wishful thinking. But, you know, I know he's not getting that experience from his dad so why should he miss out just because big and little jay aren't here i don't find that fair yeah i don't think so either and that's what uh, i mean we haven't had the conversation yet but i'm sure at some point we will that like i'm not okay with her missing out on things Mm -hmm. just because T can't go and it's like we have very limited like like we can't do very much with T it's very limited and very controlled by his mom but she doesn't have that so like she should not go on like trips and stuff and that just wouldn't be fair to her so um absolutely and I'm sorry I was just gonna say you could explain to T that he's missing out because Karen won't let him right but she also and that's not alienation no it's the truth but she does stuff with him like she takes him to Disney and stuff so it's not like he's not doing anything so why should she not do anything you know exactly and if T gets jealous that you're doing stuff with Miss A then you turn around you tell him well unfortunately mate your mom won't let us do XYZ then he can take it back to her and go oh dad and Lauren said that you won't let me go on the family holiday and it's then she's left to answer it and she might come up with some bullcrap. But when he gets older, you can produce the court documents and go, here, mate, here's the court documents. Here's the emails. You know, there's nothing stopping you from asking. But if she says no, you shouldn't postpone and not go. Exactly. So I just wanted to ask you one more question. Is Mm -hmm. it hard for you to explain it? Like, so for example, when Big and Little J went to the UK with their mom, is it hard to like explain to Big K or even Little K if she, when she gets older that like why they're not going or why they get to do stuff like that and they can't? I'm going to say no. And we, I guess, so Miss K is used to them coming and going and we often just say, you know, they're with their other parents and we use their names. We don't say mom and dad. We just, we use their names and she's just accepting of that. A big K was pretty okay with it. He was more intrigued because that's where his family's from when they okay. went to the UK. So he was more intrigued. He wanted to know where they were, where they were going, but he understood that he couldn't go because, you know, Karen's not his mum. 
Right. Does he find that like hard that they get to do that and he doesn't because his dad doesn't take him? No, but he doesn't see that he's missing out because we do things with him. But it's like, I think I told the story about how I told him that I wanted to take him to Japan. And then he told the boys, our next family holiday is going to be in Japan. And I was like, no, I just want to take you. Right. (laughs) So, but I think it comes down to the individual kid and their own sort of understanding of the world and their own emotional development. Right. I feel like, I mean, he still has time to grow, but I feel like we're going to struggle with that because he already gets upset if we do anything without him. Like uh, one time he saw like watermelon rinds in the trash and he was like, oh, you didn't wait for me to eat the watermelon or like he didn't wait for me to eat the cookie, like stuff like that. Like, so I feel like we're already like, I feel like we're going to have a problem with it. Not to pass judgment, but he just sounds like an entitled child. He is. He's so entitled and it makes it so hard. It's so insane. And like he's now he's so bossy. So he says, oh, you need to wait for me to eat the watermelon. Like that's what he says all the time. And it's making me like so mad. It's like we could just buy another watermelon when you come. Right. And the watermelon rinds were in the trash because we had cut it. Like we just cut the whole watermelon up and put it in the fridge. Like that's how we, we don't, we don't leave the rinds on. So it was still in the fridge. He just like saw them in there and assumed we ate it without him. I do the same thing, except I cut them into little trees because otherwise the kids don't eat right down to the rind and it bugs me because I'm like, you eat all the red, you eat all the way down to the white. So I cut it into little trees. So it's just like this little handle and then they eat all the red bit. So I feel like there's no wasted. That's a good idea. Um, but yeah, for this stepmom, and I know which stepmom you're talking about because when I woke up this morning, I saw her messages. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, keep communicating with your partner because he does need to understand that the kids aren't missing out. And if they are missing out because they're with the other, like with Karen and Karen doesn't do things with them, your life shouldn't stop. Yeah. And I mean, use the, like the Aris baby as like an example, be like, should she, the baby not be able to do anything because Mm -hmm. her siblings can't go? Like, that's not fair to her. And he should care about that too, since that's also his baby. So I mean, just like to put it into perspective, it might help. Absolutely. And I've done that several times, like, you know, mostly with behavior, like would Miss K be able to get away with this? No. Okay. So the boys can't get away with it. I bring it back, you know, so yeah, you, your life should not have to stop because the other kids aren't there and she's in a yours, mine, ours blend as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's more kids to consider than just his. So she's willing to. So is maybe her husband is thinking Mm -hmm. that like her kids are going and only his kids are missing out. Maybe that's where that is coming from. No, I reckon because they're set up on the same schedule as I am. So all the kids are gone at the same time. Gotcha. Okay. Well then, yeah, then it works out. Yeah. So, but even still, like even if her kids are there and the stepkids aren't, life doesn't stop. Right. Totally. So her kids- Yeah, her kids shouldn't have to miss out. The same as if her kids weren't there and his kids were there, he wouldn't want life to stop just because her kids aren't there. Exactly, yeah. And that's just going to end up building resentment because now the only person who's losing is the hours baby who never gets to do anything because she can't do anything unless everybody's there. Absolutely, which just brings me to closing out this episode with my final little miniature paragraph here, which is remember that building a successful blended family takes time and effort from both partners by prioritizing your relationship and finding creative ways to spend quality time together. You can strengthen your bond and provide a stable, loving environment for your blended family. I love it. Good job. So on that note, we will talk to you all next week. Please leave us a five-star review. Follow us everywhere you are at on socials and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.